0: Hi, and welcome to the show. I'm really excited to have our special guest, Lauren Sims. Lauren, thank you so much for being here today.
1: Thank you, Sarah, what a treat to be here.
0: So I'm excited to get started and kind of talking about what you have going on right now. But before we get to today, can you just give us a little bit of background and help us get to know you a little?
1: Well, of course, and thank you for asking i um, usually introduce myself telling people that i've had this um, extensive career in health and wellness because that's the first way for people to really just see my heart and know that i have loved helping people love seeing people live their best life and love watching people transform for many 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 years the other thing that um i would say that people always ask them how did i get somewhere how did i end up in what i'm doing is that i have this innate drive and i've had it since i was a little 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 kid and i don't know um exactly where that comes from but if i set my mind to it it's like get out of my way and i'm laser focused on it until wherever those things um come to fruition
0: and so oh hi is that a puppy sorry i have three dogs and I, no matter what i try to do they always seem to bark in the middle of my shows. But Sorry about that. That's like little kids. You get on the phone and they're all of a sudden like, hi, pay attention to me. Yeah.
1: Um, so that being said, I um, was struggling in high school. That was um, one of the roughest times in my life. And I bring that up because often I think sometimes people look at people that have had success and think that they're like some type of robot. Like they were just like immune to all of the other challenges that life has and that's not true and I'm a firm firm believer that every buddy with glory you know has a story behind it and so I was struggling in high school I had moved out of my mom's house when I was a little kid I was living with my dad full-time and I had gotten pretty heavily into drugs and alcohol I had a friend um, who was um murdered my senior year in high school and I just was like I need a fresh start like I need to get out of here and one of the first times that I really really knew that like I can set anything uh, do anything I set my mind to was I, I told my parents I said I'm graduating from high school early and at the time I had less than a 2.0 GPA I didn't have enough credits to even be graduating on time and i said i'm going i have to get out of here i have to get out of the you know town i grew up in which is boulder colorado i need to start my life over and at this time i was getting clean you know i um, was quitting smoking cigarettes quitting doing drugs quitting drinking and finally i just had a vision i kind of had hope for my life and a student counselor kind of mapped out for me what i had to do and so this is senior year most people have like you know four classes maybe you know like half the day they have off maybe they have a part-time job I went to school all nine periods. I had night school. I had Saturday school. I had just started online school. I was one of the like pioneers behind that. This was like AOL.com time, so <laughs> yeah. you know the online school was not anything like it is today in 2020. This was back in 2000, and I managed to graduate um, high school early and when I felt like I had a fresh start and I was able to move to a new town and a new city and no one knew me and I had this ability to kind of reinvent myself I thought that I had a second chance in life you know and at this time I was only 18 I was quite young but I remember just this kind of profound vision of you know how you do one thing is how you do everything and it's not about you and I just felt like so many people had truly, truly invested in me and supported in me and believed in me at a time that maybe I didn't deserve it, that I said, I'm gonna be this voice for someone else. I'm gonna be this for someone else. And I ended up in fitness because in the journey of quitting drugs and alcohol and smoking cigarettes, I gained almost 40 to 50 pounds. So some people go to college and they gain the freshman 15 and I literally gained the freshman 50. I mean, I was like a size four, size six coming out of high school. And suddenly I came home after my first semester and I was pushing plus sizes and unrecognizable. And I was out of breath if I walked up a flight of stairs and not because I lived in Colorado and not because I was a smoker anymore and thought, this is crazy. Like you are, you know, 18 years old, like you have your whole life and you're totally um, creating very, very poor habits. And even though I was studying really hard and I was doing well academically, I was out of balance in terms of self-love. I was really out of balance in terms of my health and wellness, my eating habits, my fitness habits. And this is why I fell in love with group fitness. I had no idea how to work out. I wasn't someone who had played sports in high school. I was the druggie. I surely wasn't on a competitive soccer team or anything. And I had no idea what to do. And I remember friends saying, well, go do the elliptical or get on the Stairmaster. And I thought, what? Like, uh, for how long? And, like, that sounds terrible. And so I started taking group fitness classes, and I found community. And I was, like, absolutely just hooked with this positive energy and these people that really wanted to see the best in others. And I remember, I will never forget, one of the instructors came over to me at the end of class, and she said, hey, we're hosting a training this weekend. You should go through the training to be an instructor. I said, are you nuts? <laughs> you know, like... I'm like, what? Like, I'm the chubby girl in the back of the corner. And she said, You would be absolutely amazing. Like, I watch how you cheer other people on and you work so hard and you can command a room. I really think that you would be great at this. And that's what leveraged now or kind of kickstarted a 20 year career in health and wellness. So, I started as a group fitness instructor, many national certifications. I've taught thousands and thousands of body pump, spin, body combat classes. Um, I became a personal trainer. And throughout that, why I loved helping people, I thought there's something missing. And a lot of that was then what people ate. So you cannot outtrain a bad diet. Many of you have heard that, you know, your abs are made in the kitchen. And at this time, I was living in Arizona. I was um, getting my master's degree. And I remember one day looking for kale. This is a very true story, Sarah. (laughs) And I was at a grocery store called Fry's, um, which is similar to the King Super's here in Colorado. And I was asking someone for kale. And the guy's looking at me like very confused and I'm trying to describe what it is and he walks me over to the seafood counter and in between like where the like shrimp and the scallops are like the garnish of the kale is he's like is this what you want and I was like kind of not exactly (laughs) and I remember thinking oh my gosh there's such a disconnect in how people eat and while Colorado was such an active and healthy state and I grew up in a real fit city like Boulder, Colorado here I was in Phoenix, and I'm like, oh my gosh, people have no idea how to eat. So I went on to get um, my second master's in nutrition therapy. at had a private practice for many years. Um, I worked with the top functional medicine uh, doctor here in Colorado, and I did a lot of really complex work with people, and I spent hours at night researching difficult cases with autoimmune issues and digestive issues and hormone issues, and I loved being able to bring knowledge to someone and say, hey, I can help you and here's what we found. But in the time period that I kind of evolved from teaching group fitness to personal training to doing nutrition therapy, there was two things that led to a total burnout throughout my 20s. And the first one was that I no longer wanted to exchange time for money the stress that I was putting on myself of having to have like massive months in September and October to get me through the holidays, you know, or massive months in the spring and New Year's resolutions to get me through the summer was taking the joy away of what I loved, which was helping people. I also knew that I could never live my ideal life. You know, when I started to think about if I ever had children, how would I go on maternity leave? It's just me. I'm a solopreneur. It's always me, and if I don't show up to teach a class or train a client or do nutrition therapy, I won't make money. And I thought, how will I be able to travel? Like how am I going to be able to see the places I want to see, contribute where I want to contribute, volunteer where I want to volunteer, where I'm constantly clocking in and clocking out with this revolving door of clients and patients to try and make an income. And I started thinking there's more for me. The second thing that happened simultaneously to that was I wanted to have more impact. My you know, personal training and group fitness um, skill set of talking in front of people was evolving and my public speaking and keynote speaking um, business was kind of growing. And I started to just kind of get a taste of how can I help more people than hour by hour appointment, hour by hour you know, session. And I thought I'm never going to be able to reach the amount of people that I want to and how to help them physically, financially, emotionally by working in a 10 by 10 office, you know, doing nutrition therapy. And so those are really the catalysts to say how can you leverage your time? How can you create a team? How can you do what you love without having, you know, some of the pressures and some of the stressors? And that ultimately um, is what led me to a network marketing company. And while Network marketing is not for everybody, and it wasn't for me for many, many, many years. I always thought that the industry um, had really, really poor compensation plans, and I may still say that about a lot of companies today. I absolutely thought that a lot of companies had poor products, and I thought, I will never do that. I'm not going to sell snake oil to my friends just to make a living. And when you align yourself with something that you truly believe in, you know whether it's the products or it's the business model or the culture or the community you surround yourself with, it shifts. And for me, I found a company that became my home and it may be different for other people, um, but that was where I was able to find leveraged income, passive income, to be able to develop others and really ultimately see people live their best life. So not just physically, which I still get to do with a health and wellness company, but also financially and to be able to um, develop other leaders, to have this ability of duplication and um, to have more success in rising up the success of others. And ultimately, what I fell in love with and how Sarah and I connected is that it's a relationship business. And everything else I did, even though I was um, building trust with clients or rapport and credibility as their therapist or their trainer or their instructor, it was so much different than genuinely connecting with people, finding out like, what do they want in life, what is holding them back, what skill set do they need to get to that next place, what connection do they need to make with someone else to open up those doors, and through networking um and building just some of the most amazing relationships is truly how i a found sarah and b i think the thing that gets me every single day is like there's so many people hungry out there for life and how do we get to know their story and who can we introduce them that they can live their best life
0: oh my gosh yeah totally and that's exactly um you know that's exactly why i asked you to be here and i'm I'm thankful that you were willing um to to share your story with us because you know, obviously you and I are in alignment on so many things. And I didn't even know some parts of your story where we'll have to grab coffee when, when we can and, and catch up about even other parts because it makes even more sense to me now why we were introduced. And, you know, that's the thing, it's the relationship piece. And you made so many points uh, through your story that I wanna go back and just touch on a few things. Um, you know, some of the things that you said is almost that you had this aha moment. And, you know, I think in life we have these kind of opportunities where, you know, two pieces sort of intersect and we have to, we have to sort of respond to what's happening. Um, and often we don't have a choice. And yet here you have this, um, this aha moment that really changed the whole trajectory of how you saw life. Can you just like you share just a little bit more about that moment for, with us? for sure and i
1: think that i'm not alone that we've all had them and more than one and we will continue to have them i am also a firm believer that you have to be open i think that you know regardless of what you believe in if it's the law of attraction or the universe or god that we have signs you know and i am i am a person that does not believe in coincidences you know i think that those opportunities happen for a reason and that we are led but sometimes we're not paying attention so my aha moment was when I was told I wasn't going to be able to graduate so I went in to register for classes my senior year in high school and my student counselor said Lauren you're probably the smartest person in your class and she said you could do so many things in your life but you're not going to graduate and she started to talk to me about options of like GED or like doing a fifth year And in my core, you know, who I knew I believed to be true was I was not a high school dropout. And I don't say that to um, shame anyone who maybe didn't complete high school. But for me, what I knew about myself was that's not who I am. I'm not applying myself. I'm making really bad choices. And my dad used to say something to me that he started when I was really little and I still think of it today. And he said, The older you get, the harder it gets. And he would say things like that, you know, when I was getting in trouble as a little kid, he said, You don't want these these things on your record as an adult. Like as you get older, this is going to get harder. He used to paint this picture of the older you get, the more competitive it gets. So while, you know, he was an incredible athlete, and he would tell stories about how it was one thing to you know be a starter in high school or to be a starter in college and then when you go pro it was the same thing with career opportunities it was the same thing with getting into college and it was just really a divine moment that i thought if i don't change things are not going to change i have to do something different and if you ever seen um the movie the butterfly effect and you think like oh if i go this way that is going to happen or if i go this way that's going to happen. And I just remember having this moment in my car after talking to my high school counselor and saying, if I drop out of high school and I get a GED and I could see this path, and I said, okay, or I can get my crap together, work really hard, and I had a gratitude for the life I had. And all of a sudden, I had this awareness of it wasn't just about me and I could almost feel how my decisions had negatively affected others and how some of these poor choices had negatively affected my family and thought if I could really apply myself how can those same decisions have a positive effect on people? And I don't know any other way to just say that I I felt it. You know, it's not like I got shook, but it was, you know, with every cell in my body. And it was almost like a light switch. And in my uh, book, um, Get Off the Curve, I actually talk a lot about this and what that was like. And I think at any given moment, people can take radical change and change the trajectory of their life. You know, and Tony Robbins, um, he often talks about, like, when the pain outweighs the gain of what decisions you're doing, and people just hit that point, and it's no different than someone who says, I'm going to quit smoking, I'm going to quit smoking, and then they smoke and they drink, or they socially smoke, and there's all these failed attempts, but once it's like, I'm done, and they're actually done, and the line is in the sand, and they never touch a cigarette again, what made that decision different than all the other times, or... You hear it with weight loss. People are like, I'm going to lose weight. I'm starting on Monday. I'm doing this diet. I'm doing that diet. And I'm starting over on Monday. And then for whatever reason, something happens and they lose that 40 or 50 pounds for the last time. Like, what was that shift in those awakening moments? And we have to pay attention to that. Like, what are we doing that is providing gain or when is the pain great
0: enough that I think we really shift? yeah thank you for sharing i mean that's good stuff there and it is it's like we have these opportunities to make those changes and then it the the ripple effect or the butterfly effect even like you said it changes the course you know there's a few things you you said i'd like to continue to talk through you know one of the comments that i feel like um you know i can resonate with and and even a lot of people that i imagine listen to the show that there's a moment in time where you we wonder and maybe it's even progressive because I feel like it's even moments even now that sometimes we deal with this idea that we don't deserve it. And it's interesting that you said that because I think that is something that a lot of people, um, you know, hear in their own head and will tell themselves that that's part of why we can't have these things, these dreams in our heart. And so, you know, knowing that that was a, a feeling that you had, can you share with us sort of how you've moved through that to be able to reach these different high levels of of, uh, self-love that you can find now?
1: That is such a great question. And if um, people that have not done a lot of personal development, I'll just say that one of the things that really woke me up and made me realize that if I wanted these things in my life I had to get to work on, that we all carry core shame messages. We all have negative self-talk. Nobody is invincible to that but typically we either have one of self-worth right or self-doubt or like self-love and fall into these categories and you know if you don't love yourself no one else can love you and you will see that either in your own behavior relationships or often you can see it in someone else that this is the type of person that could fall into an amazing relationship but they nitpick at that person and they nitpick at that person and they sabotage the relationship because there's this expectation for this person to do something that is impossible for them to do because the void relies um or resides inside yourself right it resides in, in that person that no matter what that other individual is never going to be able to fulfill because you have to do that work on yourself And when it comes to like self-love, when it comes to um, your self-worth, when it comes to what you deserve, there is a lot, a lot of work that goes into that, I think, to achieve a certain level of success. And part of that um, is the personal development. Part of that is who you surround yourself with. So as an example, one of the first books I read when I became an entrepreneur was Secrets of the Millionaire Mind*. And I had, Sarah's smiling, she knows it. So I had a resistance to that at first because I'm thinking like, I'm not a seven figure. Like I, what? Like I don't, I'm not about money, you know? And the person that was recommending it to me was like, no, it's how you view money. It's where you understand your habits around money. And as I started to read the book and started to apply some of the principles, not only was it shifting on the type of money I was attracting in or the type of clients or the type of, you know, um, work that was coming my way, but it also shifted where I was spending my money, the decisions I was making because there was this level of awareness. And so when it came to relationships and part of what Sarah's asking me in this like self-love um, and i'll get back to like that worth and you deserve i was that person that had terrible relationships and i didn't expect much because i had grown up in a situation um that one of my parents was so emotionally abusive to me that i had a very high tolerance of pain and i dated these guys that were really quite hurtful to me and i remember a girlfriend one day just saying lauren like, Nobody that cares about you should hurt you. And even though you've been through more hurt, like this is not okay. And I thought, wait, what? Like I thought that was normal to be in that type of relationship. And then once you realize that is not okay, and I thought, okay, what's the common denominator? It's not these guys, it's me. You know, I was it's me and what I'm willing to tolerate. And your standard that you accept is the life you're going to have. And my standard of the guy that I thought I should attract in or could date. But the life that I had. And so when it comes to things that you deserve, part of this is surrounding yourself with people that you want to be like, you know, if you want to run a marathon, if you want to qualify for Boston Marathon, if you want to be a figure, you know, competitor, if you want to be an extreme athlete, you can't sit around with and hang out with couch potatoes, people eating bonbons all day. It's it's a total incongruency with where you want to go. If you want to be able to have a beachfront ocean view house, you know, you want to be able to shop where you want to shop and you know donate and tithe, you know, money all over the world and do these things, you have to surround yourself with successful people, people that are driven and people that are um, really motivated to make an impact and not around people that are exchanging time for money complaining about their paycheck and always in the red and overspending and you know not saving enough you're not going to develop those habits and i think once you surround yourself with certain people because you are the sum and the average of people you surround yourself with one of the things that starts to shift is your subconscious mind and that you are able to achieve these things and it starts to create the action plan that you can set goals and kind of go after that But when we get into our self-worth, some people lose that as a little kid. You know, sometimes it was our parents that told us that we weren't going to be worthy of marriage very much. Sometimes it's terrible relationships. You know, when I've coached people and I find out that it was a teacher that made fun of them, you know, that we hold on to these stories of a teacher that said, you're never going to be a good public speaker. You're never going to be good at that because you can't write or you can't, you know, articulate yourself or whatever that may be. we have to remember that those are events in our life and we all have those but those stories don't identify you and when you can remember how incredible it is for you to be a human being right and just how what is it the billions of chances of like the this to the that at this time that will happen that a human comes out of that that we all are created on purpose and we all are very um unique individuals and reminding ourselves that even though we've been through adversity or even though people have said hurtful things to us, like at your core, who are you? Why are you here? What are you meant to be? What's your impact? Who do you wanna serve? And I think when you come from a place of not success, but really servant leadership, and the success will take us away from what we deserve because we make it about ourselves. But organically, it will evolve and happen when you show up saying, how can I help somebody else? How can I make a different for somebody else? How can I share my story to impact this person? That you start to believe that you're worthy enough and you're deserving because it's not about you. It's how you're utilizing your vessel, your soul, your heart, your mind to really shift somebody else. But I think that work is so challenging for so many of us, but it really is the key that unlocks the gate to the life that you want to have and not the life that you're settling
0: absolutely i mean i there's so much goodness in what you just shared with us and i really appreciate your vulnerability and your willingness to just be open with kind of your journey through some of that and how we can do it too you know um you know there's a couple of things that i just keep hearing come up in in your your just the conversation that we're having here and and it's help and impact and really this idea of adding value and being there for the network around you I'd like for you to just sort of share with us like where, where are you today as far as like what is it that you do as your um, profession? You obviously are passionate about this and so give us a little bit of info as to what you're doing today so that we can kind of talk about how your help and impact and all of that is relevant to what your, your professional job is even well thank you
1: for asking and thank you for the compliments along the way i often tell people i'm a jill of multiple traits (laughs) you know i do a couple different things and i don't feel like i'm done and i actually think a lot of people feel that way if you've ever heard the same there's no there that's me So I'm super motivated by contribution and I'm super motivated by growth. Like I always wanna be learning, I always wanna be better, I always wanna figure out how to help more people. So even though I may be equipped today with the skills and the abilities for what I'm doing, I probably will not carry the same skill set a year from now. Like we're always evolving, we're always learning and there's new opportunities and I stay open to that and I encourage other people to stay open to that because we feel our best when we're progressing. And the minute we get complacent, that's when we trade um expectation for appreciation right we are expecting certain things instead of appreciating them and working towards them that i believe that's when we are our most unhappy when we're just in this mundane routine and not really striving for anything so back to the the question i um published two books last year one is called Why Can't, is a four-letter word, and it's a really small little book. Um, you can put it in your pocketbook, but it's mostly just that, like get out of your own way. Stop giving yourself excuses and step in to the person that you are meant to be. I published a uh, second one um, that I mentioned um, earlier on the show called Get Off the Curb, and the tagline of that or the subtitle is From Fight or Flight to Activated Achiever. And that was really my journey of not only taking radical changes in my life, but understanding how I had to um, re-educate myself to take negative energy of this sympathetic nervous system and how I could just react in the fight or flight that I was ready to escape or ready to attack someone because of all the years that I was broken down, that I was constantly living in self-defense to learning about how I can take that same energy and produce and multitask and get so much done. And, you know, going through a test called Finders and finding out that I am an activator and I'm an achiever. And I I just put my head down and buckle down and laser in that energy in a way of serving people how much I can really get done. Um, So that being said, there's a lot of people that say, are you writing the third one? Are you writing the third one? Like that is very much something that... I would do and i think that would do more on creating a team and leadership and the culture behind that because one of the keynotes i give is how i grew a 10000 person team you know in a matter of months my network marketing business um took off in pretty um quick time and that's because i love people and that's because i loved my product. and so a lot of people ask me how do i do that you know how did i duplicate that and with that platform because the company had me training with a health and wellness company i'm a nutritionist i have this background in health and wellness it was easy for them to say hey we want to use your credentials to talk about xyz at the conference but it was in those situations that i realized that i can command a room and that i really love to feel the energy and say how can i use myself to empower these people to really um, develop them and that's what launched my keynote speaking business so I am absolutely still growing that. And that would be, I think, the, the biggest focus that I have right now is that I really um, will always love on my team, right? I'm always going to encourage them. I'm going to lead them. I'm going to develop them. But this is the challenge. This is like, okay, now what can I be doing? And this is back to the growth because what is going to distinguish one empowerment coach from the next what is going to distinguish one keynote speaker from the next when there's amazing people out there like brenda bachard and tony robbins and rachel hollis and lisa nichols to say what makes my content unique and that's where i am doing a lot of self-work and a lot of self-reflection to say okay if you have this skill you have this talent you have this drive what do you need to learn what do you need you know um, to focus on to be able to help more people because that's ultimately what this message is it's not for me to be on the front line but it's how to serve people so throughout that throughout writing and the speaking every single day every single day i start my day with who can i serve and who can i help i mean it's something that i pray about that's a belief i have and i ask and i said please bring me the people today that needs self-love bring me the people today that need belief bring me the people that need to be encouraged and Without fail, every single day. I mean, pre COVID 19, and I'm not sure when you all will be listening to this, but when we were not in self quarantine and social distancing, I would love to just be able to give someone a compliment like, Sarah, oh my gosh, your shoes are amazing. Just to watch the smile and someone be seen and someone be heard. And when I think about all the times I would go into the gym, I'm not inspired necessarily by the super fit, ripped, jacked person. Not that that doesn't take hard work, but They've set the standard, I'm more inspired when I see someone who has a disability, someone who's incredibly overweight and somebody deconditioned and they have all the insecurities in the world and they still show up to tell them, you know, I'm so proud of you. I know that this is not an easy decision and you're crushing it, you're killing it, right? To be able to pour that energy forward. And whether it's on the phone with someone, it's out in person, it's on a Zoom, it's you know your friends, your family, that I will always just try to make myself available by complimenting people, encouraging people, and looking them in the eye and being like, you're amazing. Like, you were made for this, you need to do more of this and that is when i think about what i write about what i blog about the books that i write my social media posts it's always with who can i help who can benefit from this what am i teaching someone what value am i offering and i would just encourage all of you to do that that is never about us it's always about what we can do for somebody else and even though we have self-motivation or this intrinsic drive when you create content when you show up on a mindset of this is to be a better person for somebody else this is to pour belief to encourage someone to lock arms with someone to lift their day we don't know when people are one click away from quitting right they're one click away from walking away from something and that's that's what the drive that comes from inside of
0: me yeah that's so awesome and thank you so much for sharing because it's an inspiration and i think one of the things that's really interesting to me is just how whether it's on a macro or a micro level, so many of the same ingredients, if you will, of building strong relationships and trust and um, camaraderie, it's like whether you're doing it through a keynote and through 10,000 person team where you're you know, sharing that same content in a different way, then, or you're doing it in the individual one-on-one, face-to-face experience, so many of the same pieces are at play you've done um you know you've done some really fun and amazing things i i encourage you uh listeners to check out her social media and her website and the things that that lauren has going on because there's a lot of fun and inspiration you know you shared with me before we started recording just about how you know even in in a desire to post something that was thoughtful and just encouraging that there was almost sometimes a negative response from people um can you share with us just a little bit about that situation?
1: <laughs> of course. Um, so before I say that, I think that we all know that it's impossible to please everybody, right? I mean, no matter what, if you show up every single day with the focus on how do I please people, how do I make somebody happy, you're going to make nobody happy. And when we're so in alignment and congruent with our purpose, with our passion, that's where you have to follow because that's your, mes- your message. And whether it's Um, you know, someone who's political or someone who's in ministry or a song or whatever it may be. Not everybody likes everything and that's okay, but you have to be true to yourself. So I remember once hearing um, a guy speak at a conference, Robin Sherma, and he talked about a shirt that on the front it says leader and on the back it says target. And here on the front, you know, you show up and it's like, everybody is envious of that. Or they're like, oh, I wanna be amazing. I wanna be influential. I wanna have impact. I wanna have this desire. But what you have to be willing to do is have like uh, this thick skin and like the emotional toughness. If people are gonna talk about you, people are gonna judge you, people are gonna be upset with you. And whether that comes from jealousy or envy or, you know, people that just don't agree with you. If you look at any shaker and mover, any shaker and mover in the, the global history, Not everybody agreed with them. So I have to always remind myself of that because sometimes I'm so bold or sometimes I'm just passionate, you know, and I'm too much for other people that when I ruffle the feathers, as hard as that can be to not take it sensitive and to not think like, oh, a person didn't like me. That's also when I'm like, I'm probably on the right path. Like if I'm not stirring things up, I'm not doing enough. But it has to do with what's happening right now during our social distancing with everything that's been happening since COVID-19. And I posted something along the lines that if you come out of quarantine and you haven't learned a new skill, you haven't found another way to make money, or you're not spending time working on yourself and your relationships, that you didn't lack skill, but you lacked discipline. And I got eaten alive from it. You know, people that were really upset with me and very frustrated that I wasn't empathetic to the fact that some people are paralyzed during this pandemic, or I wasn't more compassionate to the grief that we all are experiencing, whether we had lost someone or we're out of work or our lives are different. And I thought to myself when it first happened, I'm like, oh man, Lauren, like you're a jerk. Like how could you have put something up like that and really disregarded people's emotions and then as I talked through it and I said no I'm not apologizing for that because I wasn't ever shaming anyone I wasn't pointing my finger and calling anybody out and I do recognize we're all grieving and I do recognize that every single one of us somewhere or another has been negatively affected by this you know and I absolutely understand that it's incredibly challenging for our relationships for the economy for so many reasons but I thought to myself at my core I'm a problem solver At my core, I don't have a victim mindset. You know, at my core, I'm someone that believes opportunity comes from challenge. And I thought, I'm not playing small on that. And even if people don't like it, my tribe, my people, the um, professionals that I align myself with, you know, my friends, my family, that if we're really here to make an impact and we're really here to serve others, I can't digress. I can't sit on the couch and just complain and worry and not do anything that I thought, no, this is who I am. And not everybody's gonna agree with it, right? Not everybody's gonna find that opinion popular, but I truly believe that sometimes we slow down to speed up and sometimes we get stopped in our tracks to wake up and do things differently. And I wasn't gonna allow this pandemic to stop me in my tracks and sit around and do nothing. So every single day, Ryan, my fiance and I, we listen to podcasts, we're reading books, you know, I'm going to have my very first herb garden this summer and I've never planted anything in my life because I'm like, I've had time, you know, we're not commuting, we're not having meetings all over the place. And I'll just end with that idea that truly if you have something that's important to you and your, your intent is not to hurt somebody. But don't simmer down just because it's not popular, you know, like that's how we make change. That's where leaders arise from is having influence, having confidence and being able to go first sometimes and just stand up for what you believe in, even if not everybody is on board yet.
0: It's huge. And I just keep, I wrote down the word fortitude, you know, and it's like in, in just handling that situation, you did it with grace and, um, you know, self-awareness. That's another word I have written that you've mentioned a few times is, that awareness, that willingness to look at ourselves and say, like, did I do something? Could I have done this differently? And you know, if if so, you own up to it. But if not, you stand in that stand up in adversity and and with fortitude. And you've um you've shared some some things that, you know, really I think a lot of us they resonate with us. And I really appreciate that. Um, one thing I'm I'm curious about is what does your routine look like? Maybe before COVID and now during COVID.
1: That is such an excellent question. And I will be um, really transparent that my morning routine and most of my day is exactly the same. So things that are different, and I'll just do this part first i would love in an ideal world in the middle of april middle of may at the end of the day i would love to be able to sit on a patio have a glass of wine have this conversation in purpose or in person right not on the computer i'm not a tv person like i have watched more tv in the last few weeks than i have in the last 10 years and i'm I'm not just saying that i'm not i'm not really fulfilled by tv um if anything i get a little bored and antsy like i could be doing something However, we're not at parties. We're not out at having dinners. And you can only work so much. You can only sit in front of the computer so much. That we have been watching some shows. So it's a little bit different. And that's part of just rolling with the punches. You know, (laughs) we're not out at parks. We're not out at barbecues. We're not out hiking right now because they want us all staying apart. So Ryan and I have been working on our backyard. Those are things that are different and having to adjust differently. But when I think of my routine, and, you know, often people will say to me, Lauren, I can't do what you do. Yes, you can. You just have to make the decision. You have to make the commitment to wanting to be disciplined, to being able to put habits and rituals and um, behaviors in place that get you closer to where you wanna be. I mean, I, I firmly believe that every single decision you make is getting you closer to or further away from where you wanna be. I mean, When you think about the $10, $100, whatever that you're making right now, how much are you saving, how much are you spending, and where are you spending it? Do some self-reflection. When I think about when you're eating and drinking, is that getting you closer to where you want to be is that getting you further away from where you want to be is that serving you is that not serving you and it doesn't mean it has to be perfect you know for me having a glass of wine at the end of the day is serving me you know i want to (laughs) relax i want to laugh and i don't feel bad about it now if i had four bottles every night I'd be having a different conversation right but like the non-negotiable the absolute non-negotiables that i do in the morning and i have done them for many 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 years the very first thing i do is start my day with gratitude And on a day that I'm a little less busy, I will write everything out, you know, and I will write out why. I am so grateful that I have residual income because I'm able to leverage my time. I'm influencing a lot of people and I have so much freedom in a day-to-day life. Like you have to feel why, you know? I am so grateful that I have this amazing fiance that supports me, that encourages me, that, you know, lifts me up, that wants me to be better today than I was yesterday, you know, where that is. But even when I don't write them out, I speak them and I often do this with my bonus daughter. I often do them with Ryan, you know, we're waking up around the house, what are you grateful for today? What are you grateful for today? Like, you know, that's the very first thing ever before I touch my phone. I won't even open up my phone until I'm coming from a place of gratitude because that will set the tone for your entire day and how you respond to things, how you create things, or how you unfortunately will react to things. The second thing that I always, always do is I set my intention for the day. What am I here to accomplish today? and if you don't have an intention of the content you want to create the mission that you're working on the people you want to help you will spend all day long on someone else's to-do list someone else's task list you will be responding to everything they want to get done today and get to the end of the day and be like oh crap i never got to all the things i wanted to do so i have every single day outlined my red my yellow my green kind of checklist like these are my must-haves that you have to get done these are important but not as important and if you have extra time Here's the other things you can do. And before I start responding to text messages, hopping on social media, responding to emails, I do things like create content for upcoming, you know, podcasts or upcoming um, social media posts. When I think about the um, interviews or the Facebook lives that I'm going to be doing, whatever that is, I always do that stuff first. And no matter what. I work out first thing in the morning like within 30 minutes of being awake i start to work out you have to get those endorphins up it will create more serotonin more dopamine you get more creative i always say like i need to have like siri with me like when i'm running to be like hey we like get so innovative i have the most creative moments like when i'm running spritz on the peloton and i'm like really this is not a great time to be like having this thought because i have nowhere to write it down but it's true because we're activating different parts of our brain and we're increasing blood flow and oxygen to every cell in our bodies and we feel alive. You know, it's so hard when you feel that type of energy to also be super stressed out. Like I remember hearing someone saying, you cannot have adrenaline and endorphins in your body at the same time and like be depressed. Like it's two totally opposing neurotransmitters and that is something like a non-negotiable that sets the tone for my day. So simply put, my gratitude, my intentions and my fitness. And then my email and my social media and my text messages.
0: (laughs) That's awesome. And thank you for giving us that glimpse. You know, there's always, it seems that people who are really clear on where they're headed and they're if well in their way, always have a routine that we can learn something to and apply. Uh, So thank you so much for sharing. And Lauren, it's been such a pleasure having you. And thank you so much for um, sharing yourself with us. And as we start to wrap up, are there any final thoughts or things that you'd like to wrap up with
1: well um sure i'll say one other thing and thank you for having me i've been following your show and listen to so many inspirational people and i just love that you've created this culture and this community on your show that um really um celebrates the relationships that we have and really um, creates that space for so many people and to see the value um, in that. So I love your message and I love the community that you're having and the way that that's reaching so many people. So I just wanna say thank you. It's a total joy and honor to be on here. And I'm so honored to call you a friend and just um, proud of everything I've seen you accomplish and um, do over um, your career as well. But I think the, the two final thoughts that I would leave people with is, one is you know that there's an area in your life right now that you're unhappy with that stop waiting stop waiting to take action to fix it like whatever someday is is really going to be like no day you know someday i'm going to do that like someday someday means never day in my opinion that if you are pissed off today because you had to lay on your back to zip up your jeans i've been there right then do something to change that. If you are opening up your checking account right now and there is not the money that you want in there that you think you're deserving of, then do something and take action today. And I am just a really, really firm believer in getting out of your own way and start making all of your excuses your why. All of the reasons that you're telling yourself why you can't do something, you have it inside of you. Maybe you need to ask for help. Maybe there's a skill set you have to learn, a book to listen to, a podcast to – or a book to read, a podcast to listen to, whatever that may be. But you have it inside of you. You just have to make that decision to be great and stop settling for a standard that isn't serving you. So that would be the first thing. And the second, and just coming from someone who – always exchanged time for money. I was always waiting for the next deposit to go through before I could write a check and just lived in such a low financial situation for so long in my 20s without really a way out that I cannot advocate enough the importance of having a financial wall around your family, you know, to be able to have income that is recession-proof. What I mean by that is multiple streams of revenue and not everybody is in a place to have the capital for you know real estate and investments and i get that and not everybody's in a place to be able to invest in the stock market i get that but i think that we all know how important it is to not put all of our eggs in one basket and for many people that is a side hustle and i am an absolute advocate for network marketing you know just yesterday i read something that like 43% families that make over eighty-five thousand a year have a side hustle you know so whether that is an airbnb you know when social distancing opens up and you're able to rent out a second home or a room in your house you know if that's driving for uber if that's driving for Lyft, if it's real estate if it's investments if it is network marketing to do something that generates income that you always just feel safe because i truly in my heart believe that financial stress is one of the worst things that can happen to relationships. It's the worst thing that can happen to yourself. And when we no longer are worried about finances, you're able to really step into your purpose. You're able to find your passion. You're able to just live more joyfully and more gratefully. That if there's any just push and ignition from me to be creative, to be innovative, to hustle a little bit harder, to take that pain away and have more freedom, that is my mission in the world. That's where I want to have the most impact.
0: Well, Lauren, thank you so much for sharing that. And you're so right. And and we've seen the effects of um world pandemic that no one would have expected or planned for. And uh, you know, having some of those financial firewalls, if you will, um can really make a huge difference in this kind of in this time. Completely agree. Absolutely completely agree. Well, thank you for the kind words about the show and about me. I look forward to uh, continuing to develop our friendship, and hopefully we'll be able to do it from some patios here soon. Um, but thank you so much for just spending some time with us, and we look forward to continuing to watch your journey, and hopefully we'll have you back sometime soon. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you all for listening. Thank you. That's all for this episode of Social Capital Expert. Please visit socialcapitalexpert.com for show notes, additional episodes, and to see who will be visiting us next on the show. Also, be sure to check out our upcoming Social Capital Mixers. These are events where we can connect in person to build social capital. Thanks for listening, and we look forward to having you join us for the next episode.